Woohoo! This Hangout on Air is live. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School. You are on with Abiola Abrams from sacredbombshell.com and Sacred Business Academy. I'm so excited about our beautiful guest today, Dr. Phoenix Austin. Before I tell you a little bit about her, let's just say hello to her. Hi there, Dr. Phoenix. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome today. It's rainy over here, but it's still a great day. It's raining here too. So hopefully we'll bring the sunshine and bring the information to the Sacred Bombshell Spiritpreneur Tribe. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Dr. Phoenix Austin is a fitness specialist and the number one best-selling author of That's Why We Get Fat. And if you love it, it will grow. Dr. Phoenix earned her bachelor's in psychology from the University of Florida and her doctorate of medicine, MD, from Harry Medical College. Dr. Phoenix has been featured in major publications as well as networks from ABC to Fox News One to Radio One. You can connect with her throughout social media where she is rocking it. And we are excited that this conversation is about her brand new book, a children's book named Love Your Hair. How exciting. Yes. So, so Dr. Phoenix, we just heard your official bio. Now tell us in your own words who you are personally and professionally. Congratulations on the book. Uh, well, professionally, um, I'm a fitness specialist, like you said, a certified sports medicine specialist, as well as an author, and I am a communications consultant. Uh, so basically, my job is to work out, be healthy, and share fitness and healthy living advice with the masses. That's what I do. And then personally, I'm just someone who, uh, you know, loves this stuff, just loves uh, being healthy, being well, being fit writing, you know, just putting out some great positive energy and some positive information for people. Ah, well, you are rocking it, I have to say, that I did a deep dive into the world of Dr. Phoenix and checking out your videos and your wonderful writings. And as I said before we started, to me, you are really a next-level beauty guru that is bringing all of your scientific knowledge and your human knowledge to just the world of beauty, and it's exciting. Thank you so much for doing all you do. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, I'm so humbled because it's in the beauty arena, these are so many people that I follow, like yourself, um, people also like Afrobella, just tons of folks. And it's really humbling to me to be in the presence of folks like that, that I've been following and just really, really enamored by. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we encourage our audience to ask questions by pushing the Q&A button if they are listening live. Meanwhile, as we begin, do you have a mantra, as I like to call it, an affirmation, an inspirational quote or guiding principle that you'd like to share? Um, one of my favorite quotes, it's, it's a quote that I read regularly, it keeps me centered, um, is by Bob Dylan, and it's, um, everything passes, everything changes, just do what you think you should do. I absolutely love that quote, because when I, I, I'm a very introspective person, and I tend to analyze a lot, and sometimes you can think things so much instead of acting, and lose that moment, so I love that quote, because it keeps me centered. Yes, that's a great quote. Let's have it one more time. 
everything passes, everything changes. Just do what you think you should do. Yes. Okay. That's great. That's a, that's a wonderful one. I tell people often, you know, the most simple mantra is this too shall pass, which is basically what this is saying. Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote because, um, you know, this too shall pass. I like that too. But every time I've thought of that quote, quote, uh, this too shall pass has been like through a period where it's like, I wanted it to pass really fast, <laughs> you know, something bad happened. Whereas the Bob Dylan quote for me, it's kind of like, it's a carpe diem type quote. And it's just like, look, you know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, time will be gone. You may be gone and you really need to seize the moment now and just, you know, stop hesitating and just act now because everything is going to change and you're going to lose this moment, the momentum of this moment. So, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, this series is called Spiritpreneur School. And my job is, you know, as a self-love coach, self-esteem coach, the midlife for your inspired life, is to help to present uh, this place, create this place where spirited entrepreneurs connect. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to share outstanding individuals doing extraordinary things on the road less traveled. Do you feel like you found your purpose and answered your calling? Absolutely. And it's the coolest feeling to uh, do what you absolutely love and what you're totally passionate about and have people positively respond to that and get motivated, get engaged with you. So, yeah, I absolutely am in the place that I want to be. Um, I've been working towards that and, and I'm very happy you know, that I'm doing what I love and that so many people love to receive what I'm putting out there in the world. Yeah, it's it's really, and you can tell when you're looking at someone who is living on purpose, you just look like a woman who is in alignment. And so what inspired you to do your own thing? How did you get started on this path? I think I remember reading uh, something on your blog about you feeling kind of a contradiction between being an unhealthy uh, medical practitioner and, you know, presenting information and wanting to walk your talk? Yeah, um, the whole, you know, the, the, the journey to becoming an MD, to getting that credentialing, it's, it's definitely trying and not just the academic, you know, the mental sense, but also physical because you're being put under such a heavy uh, workload, you're being, you know, you're in, basically in charge of caring for so many different people, uh, patients and whatnot that you can sometimes, and oftentimes what happens with practitioners is they end up putting their health to the wayside to deal with, you know, the day-to-day -day grind. And as a medical student, um, that's when it all begins. So I started experiencing that disconnect with myself as I was in medical school and then getting ready to enter residency. It was just, you know, I, I really was at a point where I was just like, wait, I, I wanted to do this. I wanted to share information. I, I have a passion for health, but this career, the way things are going is not aligning with my own beliefs. It's like, you know, I would see a patient, I would tell them about the importance of exercise and diet, but then I was overweight, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't even, you know, eating right or whatever. So there came a point where I had to make a decision career-wise and be very, very true to myself and just... And it took some creativity and some real soul, soul searching. And thank God I was able to find mentors that were essentially doing what I wanted to do and kind of helped shape um, the steps that I needed to take. So uh, I basically decided that I wanted to do health and wellness on a larger scale. Let's say instead of just going into a clinic and seeing one patient at a time, I wanted to use social media to reach the masses. 
So that's what I've essentially shaped my whole career into. So I'm taking health and fitness into the communications realm. And, uh, you know, that's what I do. And I absolutely love it. And it fits my purpose. I'm still able to remain true to what I believe in because these are topics that I love that I can talk about ad nauseum. Um, and, you know, it's definitely things that people need to hear. I, I hear that a lot when I do YouTube videos and people comment. Um, they say, I guess, you know, going to the doctor, it's only like a 15, 20 minute visit and you've got so many questions. And oftentimes those questions can't be answered, but they're able to come over to my YouTube channel and get really educated on a ton of fitness topics and nutrition topics. So uh, I feel like, you know, I'm still doing what I want to do, but I'm doing it on a larger scale. And it's a lot more fun. It actually gives me more flexibility because I can shoot a video from anywhere. You know, I can talk to you here and, and there would have been limitations if I had gone other routes. Yes, I, I, I am. I'm just excited by both the offerings that you put out into the world. I urge everyone to subscribe to Dr. Phoenix on YouTube. Her videos are amazing. And as she said, very helpful, practical, real world advice about things that we want to know. But also being that this is an entrepreneur school, an exciting thing for everyone who's watching this is that Dr. Phoenix is really living what we talk about, that you really can take your passion and in a world now where you have direct access to your audience, to your tribe, and so then you can be of service and really create your own brand and your own platform. And so it's beautiful to watch you do that. Yeah, it's amazing. You know what? I get emails constantly um, from medical students, mm -hmm. from people getting ready to graduate, people in residency that want to know how I started doing what I'm doing, you know, because they're really inspired by it. They're passionate about health and wellness too, but they want to be able to do things with as much flexibility and fun that I get to do it. Um, and I tell them, you know, we're in an age technologically where you can create whatever career you want for yourself. That's the amazing thing. I mean, economically, yes, we're having issues and whatnot, but technologically, there's absolutely no limitation to what you can do career-wise. And I love social media for that. I absolutely love it. Me too. That's what this series is about, about, you know, being able to turn your passion into your livelihood and how wonderful it is that we are in this current place and time. Like that is an incredible blessing and an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk about your current new book, Love Your Hair. It is gorgeous. Let's show it. Let's talk about it. Tell us Down about here. it. Inspired it. Beautiful. Um, yeah, it's worth the applause. Woo! <laughs> so, um, this character, this this is Little Phoenix <laughs> that's on the cover. This is the cartoonization of me. Um, but yeah, love your hair is the follow up to if you love it, it will grow my hair care book. And I've always wanted to do a children's story, and I had been mulling over different ideas, and it was crazy because. Um, I sometimes get inspiration just random, like something will pop in my head at the weirdest times, like when I'm exercising. That's why I love to exercise because my energy just starts flowing as I'm exercising and something will pop in my head. And I was actually jumping rope one day and love your hair popped in my head. And I was, it, because you're always hearing people say, oh, I love your hair. Like I'll see them like, oh, I love your hair, love your hair. And um, it was, this new year going into you know 2015 
So it was late December, early January where it popped in my head and I sat down and I, I wrote the book in two days. Um, and then I got to work because I'd never done a children's book before and I knew illustration wise because it's, it was so important for me to put out something beautiful um, that the character needed to be super cute, the book needed to be super cute. And I wasn't familiar with the whole process of illustration. So I wrote the book and I immediately got to work on interviewing illustrators. And I mean, that was the, the most um, burdensome of it. It took me about two weeks to find an illustrator. Once I did, I was like, let's get to work on this because this book has to come out spring. It absolutely can't, you know, and typically, a children's book can take months to illustrate between the going back and forth. But I, I had, I was just like, this is what we're going to do. If we don't sleep for the next couple of months, we're not going to sleep, but it's coming out. You know, my illustrator, uh, he laughed at me. He was like, you're out of your mind. But I was like, yeah, you know, this is what we're going to do. And he loved the concept of the book and he got down to it and we knocked it out. So the book is here. Um, it's going to be coming in about a week, the 17th. It'll be a, official release on Amazon to go get it. But the idea for it was was something for little girls because if you love it, it will grow for, you know, women. Women, we can, you know, read and appreciate the hair care advice that I give them. I wanted something for little girls to just get them while they're all, uh, they're even, you know, they're looking around, they're seeing the imagery and maybe they don't see people that look like them. They don't see women that look like them with the big kinky curly hair. And you already start formulating those ideas in your head that you're not as pretty as what the standard of beauty is being projected. So I wanted something from, you know, from little girls, little brown girls to start seeing like, look, you need to love your hair. I want to start putting that energy, that message out there from when they're tiny. Um, so that was the whole purpose behind this. And I'm so glad that that book, came, I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but it, it came from some greater being and I just rolled with it. So here we are now with Love Your Hair and I'm, I'm really excited to share it. Well, thank you. Thank you for creating this book. I have a new baby niece, Miss Ava Abrams, and I'm gathering children's books for her. She's like nine months old, but we've already been reading her books and we buy books with like a little brown girl. We're like, oh, okay, brown. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so thank you for creating this for not only our future, you know, daughters, should we have them, but for, you know, our nieces, nephews, nephews as well, you know, because it's, important. it's really important to be able to look at books and see your reflection and your beauty, like that that is an important part of self-esteem building for children. And beauty is not a trivial thing in that way at all. Not yeah, it, it really, it, it really is so important. And, and as I've grown up, um, you know, reflecting back on my hair story, when I wrote, if you love it, it will grow because my, the intro to if you love it, it will grow was like an autobiography of my hair story. So I had to get really deep and there were places that I revisited that hurt, that were painful when I thought back to why I never wanted to wear my hair natural, you know, things that I went through. And I really wanted to put something out there in the world for little girls to just, they that they would get this book and just love it and see themselves in it and never ever again question how beautiful their hair is. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you for the for the little girls and for us big girls because we need, you know, we need our, our beauty reinforced as well. So thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I love that you shared your hair story and also your fitness story because I had a very similar situation where a few years ago I realized that I needed to get healthy because I was telling people, you know, as a coach, like, you know, 
talking about self-love and, and being well to yourself and I wasn't healthy myself. And I actually was going to a coach and I would sit there and then not do anything that she said. <laughs> and I realized that it was because I had deeper issues that I needed to attend to and lost 55 unhealthy pounds. And so I really relate to everything you're saying about able to step into and love your love your body and once you when you're feeling good in your body then your brain can go on to other things to be about the work that you're here to do <laughs> I've, I found that the interesting thing about myself is like my home is my sanctuary I'm a I'm a very spiritual person and I need positive energy around me um, and I've noticed that just as the years as, I, as I've created um, you know books written articles done videos I've noticed with myself that when I'm centered when I'm healthy when I've got positive people around me when I'm just in a, a wonderful space vibing with everything then I'm able to put stuff out there and people immediately respond to it but I notice as soon as I start getting off the rails and maybe hit a funk it, it definitely reflects in my work so I've become even more cognizant of maintaining my health uh, both mentally and physically because I've seen the direct results of being in a healthy space you are able to great stuff for people and people respond to that so I think it's it's very important like I believe in you got to walk the walk as much as you talk the talk um, you know and I just I can't fake it I've noticed that with myself I can't fake it being happy. I can't fake being energetic. Like you are going to see it. If I'm talking about something and I'm ecstatic, it's genuine, you know, ecstasy that's coming across. It's not, it's not faked at all. And uh, I get you on that. Like, I guess we're the same type of person in that sense. Just some people, yeah. they need to feel it before they can put it out there. Yes, yes, 100%. And I think that, you know, as you said, that self-care is so essential for caretakers, caregivers, you know, people who are in the world empowering other people that there's something called, you know, that I'm sure you're familiar with the wounded healer, you know, syndrome where people are trying to help and heal others and they're broken. And it's like, you know, that's why they say physician, heal thyself, you know, woman, heal thyself first. It's so, so key, so important. And it's, a, and it's also, you know, it garners a certain respect because I, I remember when I was practicing um, and a, a patient said this to me one time that, you know, I was, she was saying how she saw a previous physician and the physician was telling her that she needs to lose about 30 pounds, but then that doc was the overweight himself. And she said, she was like, why should I listen to this person? They're not even in shape. You know, and that, that resonated with me. And I've always remembered that because I, it's even more incentive for me to stay on point because I know there's so many people watching me, looking at me. And yes, that motivation needs to come from within yourself. But I know that me being healthy, me being fit, me being happy helps motivate people indirectly. So it's even more incentive for me to stay on point because I know I'm being looked at and I'm being judged to a certain extent. Like, is she following her own advice? Yeah. So, Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us that personal moment. It's helpful to hear that I had like a kind of, you know, turning point moment like that as well. I was literally uh, Dr. Phoenix on a talk show giving advice and the producer, she thought she was giving me helpful advice and she was, God bless her, but she was like, you know, we can see your stomach sticking out, suck in. And I was like, am I going to suck in? Someone advice while I'm sucking it. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, girl, you gotta get it together. <laughs> 
this is not the way. <laughs> so I oh, wanted to, yeah, it was, yeah, madness. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and just talk about dealing with critics and naysayers and rejection, you know, which is a part of life. And unfortunately for some spiritpreneurs, spiritual entrepreneurs, we tend to be highly sensitive people, very introspective, highly sensitive people. And that criticism, that rejection can stop people in their tracks. Have you ever had any challenges dealing with rejection, negative energy or criticism? If so, um, or if not, what's your advice and how do you deal with people who don't like your ideas or people who reject what you have to offer? Well, you know, that's the funny thing. I mean, growing up, um, my mom used to say, and she still says to me, because I'll just be frank, I just don't care. You know, <laughs> so I really genuinely don't. Um, and, and that comes from me being so, I have a mission, I have something that I'm passionate about, and I'm going to talk about it regardless, and I'm going to live my life unapologetically. I just don't care. So, you know, I have conversations with my mom and family members sometimes that I'm close to, and, and they'll tell me, they're just like, man, you're just like very just, you know, surgical almost. I, that's where, you know, I'm a very introspective, I'm a sensitive person, but I'm also very pragmatic. And I feel like, you know what, nobody, the whole world isn't going to love you. It's, it's not realistic to think that way. There's going to be people who are down for you and then people who just don't like you. And it's not because you're not saying something that's correct. It's that they may have issues with jealousy. They may have issues with envy, whatever. Who knows? I mean, I don't have the time in the day to sit down and worry about every single person that don't like me. All I'm worried about is what I enjoy doing. And, you know, that's really, I just... You know, it's funny to me because I have encountered people directly and indirectly who have thrown shade my way, who have thrown negativity, and I'm just quick to keep it moving. I don't even engage that because there's only so much energy that you have, and if you stop to give stuff like that your energy, you're taking energy away from the project and the passion that you have. So that's, I'm very, very pragmatic when it comes to that. I look at it as simply as either you're with me or you're not. And if you're not, keep it moving. And this train is going to keep going whether you want to get on it or not. You know, so that's how I look at it. And I think more people need to, to view life in those in that sense. I know it's hard, especially as a woman, sometimes um, because we are nurse, because we tend to want to. I mean, and we're always looking, you know, at how could I have done this better? Maybe I, you know, maybe I could have. Uh, uh, you know, uh, formulated this relationship or, or treated this person in this way. But at the end of the day, I really feel like you have to, you have to choose yourself. You have to remain true to yourself. You can't be straddling the fence and worrying about every single other thing that's going on or how people perceive you. It'll, it'll drive you, it'll drive you absolutely crazy in my opinion. Um, so I, I get it. I get how someone can, you know, be so sensitive and it would hurt their feelings. Um, in that case, I would say, don't put your energy into focusing on that negativity. It's going to come. You know, the negativity is going to come. There's no way you can stop it. You just have to anticipate that it's going to come. And when it comes, you do your little, you know, deflection of it. You, I, I don't know what the word is. It, I actually just got a <laughs> right now. You know, a little Tai Chi, mental Tai Chi. Yes, move. your Wonder Woman. You know, deflect, deflect, whatever, and just keep it moving because, um, you know, you have a greater purpose and 
you really will get derailed if you're just constantly worrying about whether everybody likes you and everybody won't like you. <laughs> so, and you, you know, don't like every, we don't like everybody. So I think everyone should like you. We don't, exactly. we don't like you. you know, I'm, there's people I don't like. You know, and right. and it is what it is. You know, and it is what it is. Um, and and that's just life. It's the yin and yang of life. There's positive and negative, and that's what keeps everything balanced, I guess. So that would be my suggestion for someone who's that type. I guess people pleaser, or you're just worried. Um, I think in getting to know yourself and becoming more true to yourself, then you just naturally stop caring about what other people think of you. Well said, well said. And I just want to tell people there's a bonus video if you go to YouTube, actually that I posted last week about people pleasing. And it's a great supplement to everything that Dr. Phoenix just said so eloquently. And I'm sure that when you said, I'm leaving my medical practice to build this communications angle that everyone wasn't like, rah, rah, that's a great idea. Oh there was, I mean, there were some people that, you know, to my face were just kind of like, and and that's the cool thing about it. That's why I don't worry about what people say, because I'm so confident in that sense that I'm going to keep going. Like I said, this train is going to keep going and either you want to get on it or you don't, but we won't be backing up for you to jump back on once you see where it's going to go. And I, you know, there were some people who definitely um, weren't encouraging, you know, in indirect ways or direct ways. And, and it's funny because some of those same people have reached out to me um, wanting to know how I'm doing what I'm doing because they want to get out of, you know, clinical medicine or they want to pursue other ventures. And it's always funny to me. I think a lot of times when people literally take time um, I, I've never been the type of person, and I actually bring people away from me that, that, you know, I just don't have time for that kind of that kind of behavior or that type of energy. And whenever someone is very gossipy or talkative, you know, just I, I get them away from me. Um, and these were individuals that that did that. And I guess, you know, instantaneously, I was just kind of like, OK, let me move this person to the side and keep moving. But they reached out later and, you know, some were apologetic, actually. Some were just like, yeah, you know, I said such and such and I'm sure it got back to you. But, you know, I think a lot of times people not encouraging you to do what you want to do. It's out of fear because they in themselves think they couldn't do it. So naturally, because of the ego, I want to tell you, you can't do it because, you know, our own ego, sometimes we don't want to accept that somebody else has the capability to do something that we can't do. You know, so for some people, the natural tendency is to say you can't do it because it makes them feel better. And uh, I'm not that type of individual. Well said. Um, well I realize that I have my limitations. I'm not perfect. There are things that you do wonderfully that I couldn't do at all. You know, and that's fine. My own lane, and I have my own space that I am very happy operating in. But yeah, um, there are definitely people who were naysayers, and you know, they're watching from afar, and they're amazed. And you know, in some ways, it's it's a nice pat on the back to me. I like it. Um, I don't gloat too much about it, but um, I definitely feel like if someone's going to tell you no, then you need to question why this individual is telling you no to begin with. And if you really are passionate about this, this is what, you know, that voice in your head is telling you, then you need to go full steam and be so delusionally um, confident in yourself that there is no option, you know, then to succeed. And it will happen for you. I mean, that's my line of thinking. I am so confident in what I want to do that it doesn't matter. And I'm so centered that, it, you know, I don't worry. I know there's people saying, or maybe there's people watching, waiting for me to crash and burn. I don't know. 
Um, but I'm not worried no, about you don't, you don't attract those kinds of people. The crash and burn oh. whatever people. Yeah. They're just watching to take notes to be like, oh, okay, this is how I can do what Dr. Phoenix did. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Either way, it, it's it's like I'm just so happy in what I'm doing and I'm always thinking and I'm always allowing myself the opportunity to grow and evolve. I think that's important too because I've had setbacks. I've had things that have happened, you know, where it didn't happen exactly the way I planned it, but you always have to be stealth and you always have to be thinking it's like chess. Okay. You've got to have moves way, way ahead and be willing to reinvent yourself and, and evolve. That's the whole purpose. I think of being here on this planet is to grow and reach that, that echelon. Um, and, and that's what I, I want to do. That's what I'm doing with my life. I don't think I'm at the top yet. And every day I'm, I'm eager to learn more and more and more. Cause I didn't know all, I didn't know about publishing. I didn't know about, you know, illustration. I know, but you learn as you remain true to what you want to do and you interact more. I mean, I'm interacting with you. I'm talking with you and talking with you. I'm learning a lot. You know, I've watched your videos and I've learned from your videos and just be like wow you know so I feel like that's the whole purpose of life is constantly growing and evolving and you're gonna get better and better and yes a door might close on you but another incredible opportunity is gonna open up and I've had that happen so many times for myself that I 100% I believe it now that anytime I miss out on something if somebody tells me no I don't even sweat it because I'm like you know what there's gonna be something dope down the road later on so I'm not even worried about it Yes, that's such that is definitely the way to look at it. That is just exactly what it is that, you know, whatever it is, the door is closed, you know, just get happy in advance and be like, okay, thank you. You know, I can't wait to see what's coming. Yeah, exactly. That's the way I always think. And if you maintain, it's it's the law of attraction is what it is. If you maintain that positive energy and that positive thought process, you're always going to draw in opportunities. And it's happened so much for me now that I have no other choice than to believe it, that that's, it's always going to turn out that way. Yes. And it's really exciting once you start to then come in alignment with your vision and in alignment with, in alignment with just your highest and greatest good. You know, when you're living on mission yes. as you are and living on purpose, it's a really, really beautiful thing to witness and to, to, to live. And so along those lines of us, you know, being able to learn from each other, before we get into the brass tacks of your business, I would love to talk about mentorship that one of the reasons why I created this series, Dr. Phoenix, is because I've heard many women entrepreneurs or creative people, you know, writers, etc., talk about lack of mentorship. And with this series, they are now being mentored by you, by me, and they can go uh -huh. deeper by contracting your services, contracting my services. Are there any mentors who have had a massive impact on what you're currently doing and wh who you've become? Absolutely. Um, starting from, from medical school, uh, the former dean of my medical school, she uh, since has passed of breast cancer, mm -hmm. but she was one of my first big mentors um, and big female mentors, which I think is really, really important as a woman. I have male and female mentors, but there's, there's something that a woman can bring to the table that a man just can't as another woman that she can really understand where you're coming from. So she was my first um, Dr. Pamela Williams. Um, and I absolutely love her. I'm, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of her because she was one of the first people that I started speaking to privately about my ambitions. Because from when I was a medical student, I was already gearing up to 
branch into communication. So I was formulating the plan from there. And I was talking to her about it as a third year medical student. She was all for it. She was like, go hard, you know, go for it. I was telling her about books. I love writing. And she was like, start doing it. You're going to do it. And uh, she passed away shortly after I published my first book. But um, yeah, starting with her and then through my life, I've been able to meet other people. Um, and, and the crazy thing about it is I don't think I would have been able to meet those people if I would have stayed on the path of, you know, um, practicing medicine, because a lot of the people that I met have been outside, you know, more in the communications and the entertainment realm. That's where I've met a lot of these people. And then even just in general fitness and um, about it, I've even seen back and reflected like, you know, being genuine, being authentic about what my purpose is, that led the, the mentors into my life. So um, I think it's really important to have mentors. Um, I, I try to help as much as I can. My life is incredibly busy, but I do get emails all the time from um, young girls, especially medical students, people that are entering MD, PhD programs that see what I'm doing and they really want to do the same or something similar. And unfortunately within, you know, academia, there's not many people that are doing the same thing. So they're looking for someone to guide them. And I'm always about helping folks because it, it you know, it's about, it's, it's no different than a counselor, um, you know, helping guide you, I guess, to your, your happiest state. Um, and I find that when I just share that information with folks, like they, they develop a certain sense of confidence because it is kind of scary. You know, I'm not going to say I wasn't fearless leaving clinical practice. Um, that my whole life, essentially, a school for over a decade, and then you decide, okay, I don't want to practice medicine anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and for people who are who are in that same boat, it can be terrifying to them. So I try to offer as much guidance. Um, as support as I can. And, and I do believe in the value of having mentors. You can't do this by yourself. There's just so much value in people giving different perspectives. Um, and, and you know, I'm always there for people in the time that I have. I do encourage people to email me and I do answer emails. That's beautiful. I think given that it sounds like there's a very high demand specifically within the medical field for people who are wanting mentorship from someone like you. And so there might be a consultant program, consultancy, something that you put together, a packaged program like from MD to stage or whatever it is that can serve those people in that way. Yeah, I've actually thought about it, about doing some something like that. I mean, I've had like uh, students from Howard reach out. I've done a couple talks at Howard, but um, yeah, it's definitely something that I'm visiting of uh, putting together more of a formal kind of mentorship opportunity for folks who, you know, want to go an alternative route who still want to do the health and wellness thing, but they want to do it in a different way. Okay. Well, we look forward to talking about that in the future. So what does your yeah. current uh, support team look like now, like per your personal and professional? Who's on your team? I've got several people and I've got, that's the cool thing about it too, because it's like now you're the boss. So you have yeah. like, you know, you built this team. So I have a wonderful assistant. Um, I actually have a full editorial team. So and that is something that I've built from the first book. So mm -hmm. I've got a few editors, um, you know, the people that do my graphic design, my layout. I've got tech people who handle my website and whatnot. And this has come through time. It definitely was trial and error. <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of money through the, through the yeah. years. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just exhaling, thinking about, I'm like, yes, co-sign on that. <laughs> yeah, you will spend, unless someone just hands you the blueprint for everything, I had to learn a lot of this on my own. Um, but it was, it, you know, it's rewarding because now I'm just a big nerd, to be honest with you. I'm a huge nerd and I love learning. So I think back on it from where I started, just knowing absolutely nothing about even publishing a blog post to now, you know, and it's really, really cool. But yeah, there's definitely a team that I put in place and I, I thank God for them. Um, it's, you know, and it's taken some time building up these team, this team. It's like some people have left, some people I had to get rid of, <laughs> and then some people, you know, I brought in and it's, and it's so ecstatic now because now it's like this well-oiled machine. And we all know each other. They know me. I know them. So everything moves um, pretty smoothly. And I'm sure there's going to be other people that jump on board because um, I'm definitely not at the level that I want to be at in the next couple of years to come. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's definitely a team in place. It's impossible to do everything by yourself because you just you know you're you're human. You're not perfect and. You know, unless you can do everything all by yourself, which I wouldn't recommend because you'll drive yourself crazy, um, you really should build a team around you. And it takes some time. Unless someone's going to hand you that team, you know, just expect that it's going to take some time, that there's going to be some building and then some severing of relationships. Yes. yes. I think it's such a relief when you realize that being an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to do it all your own. Like I tell my coaching clients, you know, being a solopreneur doesn't mean that it's just you. And as yeah. you said, you know, being able to have that blueprint, like one of the things that I'm creating with Sacred Business Academy is a become the guru program so that you know all of those things of what to do, but you still are going to have trial and error and still are going to have your own way of trying to make it and your own challenges. And so what for you, Dr. Phoenix, has been your biggest challenge? Um, one of my biggest challenges was focus initially. And I've worked on that because I get so many ideas and I realized, you know, I had to learn that things take time, you know, and it's like cooking. You can't just expect to nuke it and just be done. You just have to learn sometimes to slow cook things because that's the best way it's going to come out. So that's something I've had to learn because I get so many ideas and so many things that I want to put out there. And I've learned that you should really, you know, take your time with it, you know, drop a little here, drop a little there, like really expand this over a lifetime. But that's been one of my biggest challenges. But I mean, I've since dealt with that where when I initially came out, I came out guns blazing and I wanted to throw everything out into the world. And I, and I learned it was like, no, you need to be more of a slow bird if you want that longevity. What does that mean? What was your guns blazing approach as to what your approach is now? Can you give us more details? Um, book wise, because I have so many, I actually have a ton of books <laughs> that I'm working on presently. Um, and, and I've been of the type where it's like, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't need the limelight. It's nice to have the limelight, but I'm very fine, you know, writing books and staying in my own, my own world and, you know, being, I'm very much an introvert as much as people see me on camera and I light up on camera and I have fun. I'm, I'm an introvert at heart and I'm actually kind of shy. Um, so I would be very content just writing books and then putting out like a book every few months. And um, I've since learned that, no, you don't really want to do it that way. That's what I mean by the slow burn. Yes. You know, yes. you don't have to just pump it out, pump it out, pump it out. You can put something out there and really savor the moment. 
and then drop something else. So that's something that I've had to learn because that wasn't my usual temperament. My temperament was to like literally just write a book, put it out there and not even worry about publicity because I'm not driven by people you know, giving me accolades. That doesn't drive me. What drives me is putting out something. Even if I get one Amazon review, that's beautiful. I'm happy with that, you know, but I've had to learn that, you know, um, if I want this longevity to really get that message out there, then I need to swarm with it. So that's something that I've, I've had to learn. Got it. Got it. And as an introvert, as I've started to call myself an, an extroverted introvert, <laughs> I don't yeah. totally get that. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, about money and about abundance that, you know, some heart-centered entrepreneurs and creative people have issues around receiving money and getting paid for what the magic that they put out into the world. Do you have any advice to offer in this area? Look, I got no problem getting paid for my work. <laughs> so like, better have my money. Like, I, I have absolutely no problem. Um, you know, money, like, you got to pay bills. So I definitely am all for people getting compensated for their time and their energy. And I do put a lot of time into what I do, so I expect to be compensated for it. Now, is money the ultimate goal for everything? No, money doesn't give you happiness, but money allows you to live and it does afford you nice things. So I definitely feel like you should not have any qualms about, um, you know, ex expecting to be paid for what you bring to the table. Mind you, there are certain opportunities that, that have been presented to me um, where I wasn't going to be paid, but I knew long-term, bigger picture, that this was gonna be a lot more valuable than a check. So I was like, that's fine. You, you don't have to pay me for this, but I wanted to form that relationship with that individual or that organization. So I was willing to forego, you know, a, a salary just because the long-term relationship was going to be a lot more beneficial mm -hmm. than, you know, just the one-time payment. So you really have to weigh it. And that's where you have to be very savvy and strategic. You have, you always should have a plan on what your long-term goal is. You shouldn't walk into situations just not really knowing what's gonna go on and just things up in the air. You should always look at it kind of like you're hunting. You know, I always look at it like you're hunting. This is, you know, your Moby Dick and you've got the harpoon. And you know, what is it? Like, is it worth it to just, you know, harpoon it right there? Or is it worth it to just kind of wait and let things kind of, you know, savor the moment a little bit and let the relationship build and then you go for the big kill. Um, it's like how I like to think about it. So. I would say that's that's how I would approach it. Don't always think in terms of money. Like, what am I getting out of this right now? You know, that's instant gratification, and instant gratification will mess you up big time if you develop that type of personality where you feel like you always got to get it now, 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 because you have to be patient. As an entrepreneur, um, we tend to be impulsive, I think, as entrepreneurs, but then you have to have a balance of the impulsivity and patience. Mm, um, yes, yes, and what you're thinking. And what you're speaking to so well is the idea of multiple currencies, you know, which, you know, makes sense, you know, not only multiple income streams, but multiple currencies, multiple ideas of currency. So how does business planning work for you, Dr. Phoenix? Have you used a business plan, vision boards, mind maps, or other goal-oriented systems? Oh, I love vision boards. I absolutely love vision boards. I got a whole, like my whole wall in my bedroom is like a vision board. I just go in there and I stick up things that inspire me. Um, and yeah, I'm a very visual person. 
you know, so seeing something consistently every single day does keep me on track. So I'm a firm believer in vision boards, um, business plans. Yeah, I've, ha I've had to learn. I actually contracted with some people and this is where, you know, the opportunity, like I've had some people client wise where they wanted to, you know, get healthier. They wanted information and they wanted it directly from me because they valued and trusted what I was going to do. And these people were very business savvy. Either, either they went to school for this or they had their own businesses. So we kind of did a, an exchange of information. You know, I would give them information. They would also give me information on how to because I didn't know how to write a business plan. Um, I didn't know what to do. So, you know, I, I definitely do believe in business plans now before I didn't so much, but I see, you know, how having something, it's that same kind of being regimented and planning things out. You can't just approach things on the fly and say, okay, I'm just going to sell some products. It's like, you, you have to have the strategy in place. Um, so yeah, I, business planning wise, I definitely do that. And then, you know, also vision boards. I love, I love vision boards and, and I love Pinterest because I treat Pinterest almost as like a vision board. I've got my own little private board on Pinterest where I pin up a ton of things that inspire me. Me too. I'm a big, big Pinterest head. So you guys have to go follow Dr. Phoenix on Pinterest. Follow me on Pinterest. That's my, when I'm in a line somewhere, I'm like doing Pinterest on my phone. And yes, vision boards are incredible. So let's talk about, there are no average days for gurus like you, but give us a super quick snapshot of the an average week and what your business structure is and your business model. Well, I don't sleep. Um, that's the crazy thing because I, you know, there's so much, I'm always in my head and I'm always thinking that I've noticed that as time has gone on, like I sleep less and less and less. It's crazy, but I don't feel as tired. Um, so I'm up by like 345, four o'clock every morning. Wow. The first thing I do um, when I get up is I meditate for about 15 minutes. I'll just sit there and meditate and get centered. And a lot of that meditation is also um, being grateful. Like I'll, I'll just think of all the things that I'm, I'm happy for and all of the circumstances that I've been brought out of and all the positive things that are going to come. So I'll, I'll spend that time just a moment of gratefulness and then I'll go work out. And I work out for about an hour to an hour, 15 minutes every single morning. Um, and the cool thing why I love working out in the morning is because I get to see the sun come up when I'm working out. And that is just a, a wonderful feeling. You know, I tell people all the time when they, you know, how should I start exercising? What should I do? I tell people, it don't matter what you do. Just get up and work out in the morning right as the sun is coming up. You know, it's the most amazing feeling. And it's the best way, in my opinion, to start your day. Um, and then after that, you know, I'll have breakfast and then I get straight into work. And I mean, I am working from, you know, the minute I open up that laptop and start going all the way until sometimes um, I have worked into the next day without sleeping. And a lot of that also comes from my training because as a medical student, you know, you don't sleep. And as a resident, you don't sleep. So I've kind of been used to Ah, interesting. It's, it's kind of like I'm so I don't get tired but my day you know if I do get some sleep obviously I got to sleep I usually clock off at around like 9 30 10 o'clock and then I get up and I do it all again and in that time that I'm working I'm either writing or I'm meeting with clients I spend a lot of time on Skype um, doing conferences with with different contractors that I work with and that's basically you know my day and it gets even more hectic like this time um, right before I release a book is when things get really, really hectic because the timing of you know getting books in people's hands, scheduling interviews, doing things like that, it can become 
um, really crazy. So this is actually a really hectic time right now, and and um, but it's it's fun. You know, it's absolutely fun. I'm exhilarated by it, and mm -hmm. I it's because I love what I do. It doesn't feel like work. I literally every day that I get up, as much as I work and I don't sleep, I don't feel like I'm working. Yay! <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so what is your North Star? What guides you and what keeps you going when times get tough and in those moments of self-doubt? Um, I don't, the thing is I, I don't have doubt. I, I never, and, and it's crazy because I can think of, you know, years ago when I would have doubt. Now I don't doubt myself any anymore. And ultimately what guides me is, and I tell myself this every single day, if I were to die tomorrow, if this would be my last day, would you be happy with what you left behind? Um, if, if this was it, you know, 12 hours from now, you're gone. Would you be happy? And that's always what guides me. You know, I'm constantly in a state of what is fulfilling? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? How do, what type of person do I want to be remembered as? Even outside of just social media, but the people that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, my friends, my family. Um, I think to myself, you know, are you in a place where you would be happy if you literally closed your eyes and never woke up again the next day? And that's what guides me. Very, very profound. So as someone who, you know, is teaching us how to love your hair and love your body and love who you are, you've told us a little bit about your journey. Dr. Phoenix, how did you learn how to love yourself? I'm sorry, what was the question? How did you learn how to love yourself? That my last book was named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love. And so I'm just uh -huh. wondering to know more about how you learned how to love you. Um, I would say how I learned to love myself unconditionally, unapologetically was after I got sick and tired of depending on other people to love me. Um, that's when I ultimately learned that it, it wasn't going to matter what anybody else thought at the end of the day in order for me to be happy. I was, it was going to have to come from me. So that's where, cause there was definitely, I would say a, a space in my life where, you know, you want that affirmation from other people. You you end up in relationships that aren't benefiting you, um, and and it's really benefiting another. Because I'm naturally a giver. I'm not a taker. I will give, give, give. And um, me being that type of personality and that temperament, I was definitely. I've had experiences where I've been in in relationships. I've been in circumstances where I was, it was not being reciprocated. I was loving, I was giving as much love as possible, but I wasn't getting it in return. And what was feeding me was the little scraps of love that I was getting and I, I wasn't whole. And then I realized one day, I'm like, wow, all of this love and all this energy that I'm, I'm putting out there to other people, I need to learn to direct it to myself first before I start putting it out there, you know, and that's when it, it really clicked with me that I, you know, it needs to come from me and I need to love myself unconditionally instead of looking for that love and that affirmation from others. Beautiful, beautiful. I want to get, there's a question that someone asked before about dealing with grief and your purpose. And I just want to just get her question for you because I know that your undergrad degree was in psychology and I promised her that I would answer her question uh, in depth later in another video but I really would love for you to give 
your feedback on it. That I think that the gist of her question, let me see if I can pull it up, was about her dealing with the loss of her mother and she knows what her purpose is, but she's trying to, I guess, balance the grief and dealing with her purpose. What would your advice for her be? Um, wow, that's tough. I mean, I both of my parents are living. I, I honestly, in giving advice to people, I always try to empathize and put myself in their position. And I, and I feel most comfortable talking about situations that I've been in because I feel like that's coming from a more authentic place than kind of, you know, supposing what I would do. And I honestly, um, you know, losing a parent, I, I don't know how that would affect me. I've been fortunate that both of my parents are alive and I can go to them at any time. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking for what she should do be honest with you because I don't know what that feels like um, but I'll still try to I'll still try to give the answer in the sense that I mean I'm a firm believer in, in in you will never be given anything that's too burdensome that you can't you can't handle and that every opportunity good or bad that's presented to you is an opportunity to grow and learn and to get stronger um, in yourself and me personally dealing with grief, like I've had bad things happen to me, but it's kind of like that saying everything passes, everything changes. The world is not going to stop and you can't stop because of some circumstance that happened. It's like, yes, be in that moment and feel that pain and that grief, but you got to get out of bed the next day. You got to keep going, you know, and things and it will pass. You know, it, the pain may never completely go, but that's a, the, the thing about, about the human from just a physiological standpoint, it's like pain. It's not, you know, it's pain, there's hurt, we sense it, and then we heal if we allow it and we move on. And the only way you heal is if you stop revisiting it. It's like a cut, you know, it's not gonna heal if you keep picking at it, if you keep going at it, but if you allow it to sit there and heal, it'll go away and you may have a scar that's left that's always a remembrance of what occurred to you, but now you're in a stronger and a better place and your body is able to heal itself. So that's how, you know, if I was, God forbid, if I was in that situation where one of my parents died, I would have to look at it that way because the truth of the matter is the world is not gonna stop. It's not gonna stop. Um, and I know of, of women who, you know, are in situations where they're single moms and they relied on their, their mother you know, to help them through the circumstance and the mom passed away. And now all that burden is on them, that responsibility. And it really even more so pushed them, propelled them to get it together because now they have another life that they've got to care for. And the interesting thing about those circumstances, when bad things happen to you, sometimes I even ask myself, you know what, if this bad thing didn't happen to me, maybe I would have been stagnant. Maybe I wouldn't have had the motivation to really step up my game if I would have been allowed to become complacent in things. So I tend to look at, at grief and negative situations as kind of like a jolt to your system to be like, hey, you need to get moving. You need to get it together. You need to get to where it is, whatever your purpose is. You need to get it along faster because, you know, time is not going to slow down and stop for you. So that's how I would look at it. Yes, grieve and feel that but recognize that tomorrow's gonna keep, the next day is gonna keep coming and coming and coming. And then one day, you know, you're gonna be gone. And what is it that you want to achieve and leave in this life? What is your legacy? You have to always keep it in that sense because we're not immortal. 
we're all going to pass. Um, and this just was your mom's time to go. And eventually it will be your time. So in that sense, what is it that you want to do? What do you want to do? Don't stop. Feel that pain, but keep moving. Beautiful advice and appropriate from someone named Dr. Phoenix about rising from the ashes. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Phoenix, my next book is named The Sacred Bombshell Business Bible, and it's for spiritpreneurs. And I define a sacred bombshell as a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself, mind, body, and spirit. What makes you a sacred bombshell? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> um, sacred bombshell. Um, I, you know, I, I think everyone is, anyone who's living authentically and who is putting out positivity to me is a sacred bombshell. So that to me, sacred bombshell, what it encapsulates is just positivity and authenticity. And it's really as simple as that to me. And I think anybody can have that title if you are living in that realm. So that to me is sacred bombshell when i see sacred bombshell i think this is a, a woman who knows herself who knows her purpose and who is putting positive energy out there into the world yes and you are doing that my sacred bombshell sister and so thank you so much i love this conversation tell us again about everything in your realm let's see the new book again love your hair tell us how people can find you and what they should look for uh, you can find me at drphoenix.com. So that's D-R-P-H-O-E-N-Y-X, like my name, .com. And basically, if you come over to the site, it's going to be everything fit, healthy, awesome, as what I have on my website. So fitness, healthy eating, just wellness tips, uh, videos, articles, everything that I'm passionate about to help you get fit, healthy, awesome. And then my children's book will be out um on the 17th so next week friday my children's book drops and i hope you guys will check it out i'm actually going to send you over a copy as yeah. well i'm actually going to send you a copy of that and my hair care book oh so that's I'm awesome thank yeah, you i'll be sending you and uh, hopefully I, I would love to see if we could do something in the future like a giveaway or something because i you know I, I love giving away freebies and stuff so um yeah that's what you guys see to me of course there's going to be more books there's going to be more um you know media stuff just some good things to come let's do that let's definitely plan a giveaway and i will also send you i'll send you a whole abiola self-love kit with my affirmation cards and the sacred <laughs> Love and a lot of goodies and I'm going to be speaking in the DC area in August so we'll coordinate and let's yes figure out a way to powwow so thank you sis so this isn't the last that people will see of uh, Dr. Phoenix sacred bombshell aviola collaboration <laughs> oh, I'm so excited you're coming to my next yes. yes we're gonna connect we're definitely gonna connect Yes, and thank you so much, Sacred Bombshell Tribe, for watching. Go support Dr. Phoenix. Get her books. Get get love your hair for you. Get the uh, get no no no. Get what you want to get. If you love it, it will grow for you. And love your hair for your little ones. And then also uh -huh. the workout book and the amazing comprehensive blog and everything she's got going. And I have a gift for you. If you go to ownyourbombshell.com ownyourbombshell.com and sign up. You'll get a free downloadable self-love kit for spiritpreneurs that has everything from success principles of how to revamp your site to how to make sure that your self-worth is in alignment with your purpose, your passion, and your pleasure. 
So thank you so much for watching, everyone. Namaste, the sacred bombshell in me. Love sees and adores the sacred bombshell in you. Bye.